I'm back. I'm back at it. It's been a couple of days. I've been in Chicago. I've been, you know, uh, tending uh, to some family things. So, um, you know, I haven't done a hot take in oh, damn near almost a week. Um, but I'm back now. I'm back. I'm back. Back live and direct. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, the Rockets. Um, I don't even think Russell Westbrook was a Rocket last time I did a podcast. I don't think he was. Um, but anyway, Russell Westbrook is now a Rocket. I have a bold claim. Russell Westbrook and James Harden are potentially the best backcourt ever. Potentially. Now, on the happy hour, uh, TBJ mentioned, you know, I was like, when have you ever seen two MVPs in their prospective primes? Um, I still think Russ is, is uh, in his prime. Right? I don't know how much longer he has left in it. He may only have a year or two left in it, but I still think he's in his prime, and I still think that James Harden is 100% in his prime as well. I don't think you've ever seen, not I don't think, I know for a fact, you've never seen two MVPs in the same backcourt in their primes. On paper, it's the best backcourt ever. Now, you don't play the games on paper, but on paper, it's the best backcourt ever. And the Houston Rockets are my pick to, I don't know if they'll represent the Western Conference in the finals, but I do think they will have the best record in the West going into the playoffs. I mean, I've seen everybody's, uh, you know, like, oh, how is this going to work? Russ and CP, um, uh, Russ and Harden, they both need the ball. You literally just saw CP3 and Harden work, and they needed the ball. And I don't care what y'all say, but all that they didn't win a championship, that's bullshit. The only team they, they couldn't beat was the Warriors, and ain't no shame in that. You lost to one of the greatest teams of all time. That's the only team you couldn't beat. Everybody else, it seemed like they could beat to me. The only team you couldn't beat was the Warriors. And now you replace Chris Paul with Russell Westbrook, who I personally think is a better basketball player. At this stage of Chris Paul's career, uh, Russ is a better basketball player than Chris Paul. And just, it, it, look, just, Russ takes, Russ, Russ will take so much pressure off Harden, and I think that Harden will take so much pressure off Russ as well. Like, if Russ wants to go out there and get a triple-double, he can, but I think this would be, like, one of his easier triple-doubles, especially scoring-wise. Like, People are going to be so worried about Harden. Like, how are you going to guard that? What team has the personnel to guard that? The Clippers. Maybe the Jazz. Maybe the Jazz. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you got Conley, Donovan. I mean, you also got Royce O'Neal. Maybe the Jazz. I'm trying to think of other teams in my mind that might have the personnel to guard that, especially in the West, and nothing's coming to mind. The Warriors don't have a personnel to guard it. The Nuggets don't have a personnel to guard it. The Lakers don't have a personnel to guard it. No, you know what the Lakers do. You got Danny Green. You got Avery Bradley. Uh, I think they could put up a formidable defensive performance against a backcourt of uh, Harden and uh, Russ. But it's really only like three teams that have the, the, the defenders to guard those two guys in the backcourt. Usually, you think you have one elite guard in the backcourt and like the other one, you just kind of like let go and let God. Um, and especially with the type of guards that they are. Like, I think that Clint Capella is probably going to have his best season ever. Um, I hope that he went and got a jump hook, though. I really, really hope that Clint Capella went and got a jump hook because it was to the point last year where if he couldn't catch and dunk, he couldn't do nothing with it. So I really hope he went and got a jump hook, a jump hook over this summer. But I think that Russ is going to uh, the pick and roll between him. I mean, look, he's, he's he, no matter what you think about Russ, he is an elite playmaker. I don't think he's Chris Paul when it comes to playmaking, but he is an elite playmaker. You can't average 10 assists for 
damn near a half a decade at this point and not be an elite playmaker. He's an elite, he's an elite playmaker, especially in the pick and roll. Especially in the pick and roll. Especially in the pick and roll. And if he goes out there and gets 10 rebounds, now you've never seen Russ play with this type of spacing and this many shooters on the court. Never in your life have you seen it. You've never seen it. Ever. Now he get a rebound, dry that bitch up court. I got EZ on one side. I got Harden on one side. I got Jebel Green on one side. They can all catch and shoot. I'm picking my poison. Who I want to dish it to this time. We pulling up from anywhere. Ball going up. It's flying. It's flying. Harden coming off averaging 36 points. Like, I, I, I realistically think that you might be looking at, at least on paper, you're looking at the best backcourt ever. I mean, look. Steph and Clay, it ain't two MV, it ain't two, it's two MVPs in the backcourt, but they come from one person. And I still always say Steph should ship his first MVP to Houston. Find a hard address, ship it to Houston. Cause that's who deserved it. But that's a conversation for another day. Joe Dumas, Isaiah Thomas. I don't see no MVPs in that backcourt. You see one? I don't see no MVPs in that backcourt. Uh Gail Goodrich, Jerry West. I, I see one. I see Jerry West. Or Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. I see, uh, actually, they might have both won an MVP. But I do think Elgin Baylor was a forward and not a shooting guard, if I'm not mistaken. He was a forward. Now, he might have played shooting guard some years, but you would probably have to go back that far to get to the point where you see two MVPs in the same backcourt. Let me actually look that up for you. If you don't know who Elgin Baylor is, by the way, cut this off. Don't listen to me if you don't know who Elgin Baylor is. Cut that off. Uh... Yeah, Elgin played small forward for his whole career. Uh, did he even win MVP? He actually never won MVP anyway, so yeah, he never even won MVP. Did Jerry West win MVP? I'm sure he did. His logo, he had to win one. Uh, Jerry West won. He ain't win no MVPs? Seriously? Yeah, no, I don't think he won no MVPs. Well, even more proves my point. You have never seen two MVPs in their perspective primes in the same backcourt. And look, um, it, 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 I think this situation is kind of like, I've you know spoken to it before. I think it's kind of like the NBA after Michael Jordan left. Like, that's it, well, left in 93-94. The team that was best set up to slide right in that spot that's been an elite team for the past two, three years is the Rockets. Literally, the only team they could not beat is the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are forever compromised. Well, not forever compromised because, you know, they, they, they look, still the Warriors. Clay might come back and, you know, look better than what I think Clay going to look. They still got Steph. They still got D'Lo. But the Warriors next year are not going to be the Warriors that we going to see in 2021, 2022. I think it's fair to say that. Obviously, you got the Clippers, but they a new team. And even, you know, people talking about the Lakers got health concerns. The Clippers got health concerns. Ain't like Kawhi and Paul George, two of the healthiest human beings on planet Earth. And you got Paul George coming out with shoulder surgery. You got Kawhi, who missed pretty much a full season of basketball, was laboring in the playoffs. Like, in the finals, Kawhi had nothing left, which is why my finals MVP will, will forever be Kyle Lowry. Because in the finals, Kawhi really didn't have too much left. He was clearly laboring on the court. If you don't believe me, go back and look uh, at the play when he dunked over Kevon Looney. You can even tell by the way he stutter-stepped it like he just wasn't right. He was laboring. 
then obviously you got the Lakers, but you don't know how that roster is gonna work. Like those guys got some got some you know some uh, question marks. Um, yeah, I don't think I would pick the Rockets to get to the finals, but I do think that they will win the West. I think they'll probably come out here and win fifty nine games, fifty eight games, maybe even then they might win some crazy like sixty four games. Um, I don't foresee Russ getting hurt. I don't foresee Harden getting hurt. Um, you're talking about two of the more durable guys in the league. Um, so I personally think uh, you could be looking at a 60-win team next year, in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. That's how I feel about it. I mean, look, you you traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. You didn't lose nothing else besides that. You traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Same roster as last year. You just saw Chris Paul and James Harden work. Again, I don't care what y'all think about it. They won, what I think it was, what, 66 games the first year, was it? And then 53 last year? So you basically win, like, what is that, like 120-some games in two years? That's a lot of winning. They probably are more winning. They, they probably have a better record than the Warriors over the past two years. Period. Like, the Rockets have been a very successful basketball team. The only team that they could not beat was the Golden State Warriors, and the Golden State Warriors are not there the way that they're there. I think that lost in all this, like, even though it's been news, I don't think people are really breaking down and talking about this James Harden and Russell Westbrook backcourt. I really don't think, I, I, I really think people are sleeping on it and don't really understand how crazy that shit is. Bro, that means out of every. That means out of every game, right, your backcourt could realistically give you. Like, this is dead-ass what they could realistically give you. Realistically, your backcourt could give you 50 points, about 17 rebounds, and about 16 assists. And that's on, like, low nights. That's on low nights. Realistically, they could give you 50, 20, and 20. Do you know how much production that is from a backcourt? If my backcourt gives me 20 rebounds, my bigs don't even have to, my, like, like playing, especially with the way the Rockets play small, right? I think the Rockets have a huge issue with rebounding because they do play so small and they do switch everything. Again, I don't care what you think about Russ. I don't give a damn. You talking about Steve Allen was letting the man get the rebounds. The man's still 6'4 and got to go out there and grab 10 rebounds. The man is the, the uh, if, if not top one, he top two. Best guard, top three, best guard rebounders ever. We like to switch everything. We already play small. You even saw in the Warriors series, they was getting beat up on the boards a lot because you got small guys down there because, because you're switching everything. So if Russ is going to come in and, and at the guard spot give you 10 rebounds, do you know how much of an impact and how beautiful that is for the Rockets? First of all, excuse me, first of all, when you get a rebound, you're in transition instantly. So he, so he gets a rebound, sprints up court. Literally, like I said, you got probably Harden on one side. You got EG on one side. Tuck running to the corner. Capella might be trailing or maybe Harden trailing behind the play. Turn around, pass it back to Harden, put it up. Turn around, pass it to EJ, shoot it from 30. Like I really don't think people understand how crazy and the potential that this Rockets backcourt has. On paper, it is hands down. The best backcourt you've ever seen on paper. Now, again, you don't play the games on paper, but when you just look at it, 
I'm going to keep saying it. You have never seen two MVPs still in their prime on the same backcourt. I understand Kobe and Steve Nasty. Both of them motherfuckers was over the hill by then. Love Kobe. What is that? 13 cold? 2013 cold? Over the hill. Y'all saw that series against Dallas. That might have been the year after the series. I think they lost to the uh, Thunder the next year. Still, y'all saw the series against Dallas. Over the hill. Now, granted, he went on that crazy run at the end of the season. It was beautiful to watch. But that's part of why he got hurt. But over the hill. Steve Nash died as soon as he left Phoenix. Even when he was in Phoenix, he was over the hill. So, like I said, you've never seen two players with this much talent in the same backcourt. And I just think we got to start talking about it, man. I really, really think we got to start talking about it. And, like, I hate the Russ disrespect. I feel like Russ is one of the most disrespected superstars. Russ and Harden both, I feel like, are two of the most disrespected superstars that I can remember. And if we're looking at what team out West is best set up to take that Warrior spot, I think it's really the Rockets. I really honestly think it's the Rockets. Honestly. If you look at that team that's been there for two, three years, they've also failed enough, I think, now to know how to succeed. Like, even when, you know, when, when people say oh, Harden chokes, I don't think they choke. I just don't think they execute at the right time. Like, game six, I don't think they choked. I think they just didn't execute. Fear didn't make you fuck up that three-on-one break. Fear didn't make Harden miss them goddamn free throws. He missed them. That's not executing. That's not being focused. It's not being as locked in as you need to be. I think that with the playoff losses and with the success that They've seen, but fought, but has, but have still fallen short of. They will know, you know, what it takes to be mentally locked in off top. And I think they're gonna come out, get like sixty wins, barring injury. And and look, I wouldn't pick them to make the finals. I still gotta see them play. You know, we talking about on paper. We never know. It's on paper. But they got a real final shot, man. A real, real final shot with a backcourt like that. A real final shot. A real one. I mean, people talk about, oh, Russ can't shoot. Like, look, allegedly, well, not allegedly, I think he had hand surgery after the season. So if he was playing with, I think, thumb surgery or hand surgery, something like that. So if, so if he was playing with, you know, you know, something bad on his, on his shooting hand, that would explain his stroke. Also, Chris Paul couldn't fucking shoot. We're we not going to sit here and act like Chris Paul was Steve Kerr from behind the arc. Chris Paul couldn't fucking shoot. Chris Paul couldn't even beat his man last year. Couldn't even beat his man. You putting Russell Westbrook out there now. Even if he can't shoot, I'm beating my man every time. You have to collapse, and I'm kicking it out to one of the shooters. You ain't never seen Russ play with this much shooting and this much space. Never. And you still got Austin Rivers. I forget about that. You still got Austin Rivers. Who can guard that? Who can guard Austin Rivers, Russell Westbrook, and Harden coming at you every single play in isolation. Who guarding that? How many free throws did Russell Westbrook take last year? Let me Google this. Last year, Russell Westbrook averaged six free throws a night. The year he won MVP, he averaged 10 free throws a night. Now, look. Him shooting 65% from the free throw line got to improve. He can't be out here shooting 65%. That. I would like to see him go back to, you know, his early years of getting you around about 80% for the free throw line. Now, granted, Russ does turn 31 this year. He's getting up in age. But I still think Russ has at least one to two 
really, really good years left. As in, like, prime level years left. You know, I think he takes care of his body well. Um, he does have mileage on him, you know, like, you know, injuries, but nothing too nothing too serious. Like, yeah, he has a couple of knee surgeries, but it's not like he had a torn ACL. They had to completely go in and reconstruct his knee. It's nothing like that. He's had some surgeries, but it's nothing like that. You know, it's, it's nothing no, no crazy, really, real catastrophic injuries. And wait, Harden averaged, I think, 12 free throws. Getting back to my free throw point. So that means your backcourt takes 18 free throws a night. Do you know how much production that is from your backcourt? You basically controlling the game like Shaq. We go into the line every single play. And they put the new challenge rule in. You know how many times they're going to challenge like, like those players at the end of the games were like, or, or like those three-pointers that sometimes Harden definitely gets fouled on, but they don't call? Those are all challenges now. We getting up and we going to the line. So again, man, I I I I feel like not not enough people are paying attention and you know are talking about this Rockets backcourt, man. And, and and you know I just wanted to share some light on the uh, situation. Um, super excited to get to this season, um, and you know it, it's really gonna be one. I think this season might be one for the record books if everybody just stays healthy and can stay on the court. And you know we don't see any crazy. Catastrophic injury to stars. I think that this, you know, could really, really be a season for the books, man. Really, really be a season for the books. So, uh, yeah, man. Thank you for all the support. Appreciate you guys for checking all of these out. Um, happy I could come back today with another one. And um, yeah, Pavel Daily Takes.